I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Give it to me. Give it to me. Hey, I'm Hollywood. And I'm Tom Merritt. Welcome to It's a Thing, the weekly podcast supported by you where you can tell your neighbor something about the local and world things unless they, too, takes a subscription. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. (laughs) I thought it was just the wine talking, but then I realized I was reading the words. No, that is from the... Precisely as written. (laughs) Shockton Tribune, circa 1920. (laughs) I am dying now. Where does he find this stuff? You could tell your neighbor something about the local and world things unless they, too, takes a subscription. Unless they, too, takes a subscription. Because it sounds like it might be Canada-ish. And I'm just perhaps unfairly assuming the possibility of Canada from the uh, ad or news item entitled The Moose Defenders. Halloween mask dance. Coshocton, Ohio. At the Moose Temple. Oh, it's Ohio, of course. And also, yeah. I think they just probably mean like the, nope, not the same Moose thing. Lodge. <laughs> yes, the Moose Lodge. Thank you. Except it's a temple. Wow. This is, that's good. That's a good Ohio. You know, it's good because it encompasses so many things. One, that producer Rich lives there and is, I think we can all agree, a pretty big homer. But two, or B, it encompasses the thingness that is. Everybody hating Ohio oh. and Ohio taking over. And Ohio just being like, too too bad if you hate us. Unless take it they over. too takes the subscription. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Unless <laughs> they too takes the subscription. Once but, I saw 1920, by the way, that just collapsed into, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I get right, it like, all right. Sure. Yeah. They, just, they just did what they wanted. They just said what they felt like saying. I would like to identify a thing that certainly isn't new been on the rise for a long time but i feel like it's cresting it's one of those things that's cresting macarons the little pretty yeah cookie sandwiches in yeah what where did that come from because rainbow colors totally everywhere, everywhere. everybody has them and everybody has them every hotel gives them to you now when you check in for some reason really i have had three hotels in two three different cities all give me a complimentary macaron. Wow. Yeah, as a sort of a like, welcome, thank you for staying with us. That's so interesting. Yeah, I I don't, I cannot even, at least that's like a specific good thing to pinpoint it to. But I have seen them everywhere. And in fact, when I did my customary uh, deep, deep research that I do for the show, which is while we're talking, pop it into DuckDuckGo and hit yeah. news. Mm-hmm. These viral macaron and pocky stick flowers are swoon worthy, says Yahoo. Are they? Uh huh. And then there's just a million recipes that are new of macarons. And evidently, there's a hotel in Paris where the pink velvet chairs are shaped like macarons. I mean, I would assume Paris macarons like 
that's the home of what's the fancy macaron place from Paris that everybody has to go to and buy macarons and take them yeah. back to their friends afterwards. It's called, I went there. It's called the macaron place. The macaron place. Definitely. That's what <laughs> it's for sure called. Macaron. We're just, we're just stalling so that you can look this up. Discord help us help us out here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too shocked to find them in, in France. It's when they're, they've moved out of France. I have seen them on two continents. Yeah. I am That's going to a third continent in two weeks. I will tell you whether macarons then are worldwide or not. Okay. Which one? Europe. Oh, fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, they're, they're I mean, everywhere is Europe right really now. a continent, though? Let's be fair. It's kind of just a peninsula, but... <laughs> Tom, Tom with the like isthmus instigator behavior. Zoe brings bacon in the UK. Europe is overrated. Europe is overrated. Is it? I mean, just really. I, do, I just, you see me just stunned into size. Is it even really a continent? I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm so surprised that itself. hasn't got, I've seen people say that, but I'm surprised that hasn't gotten more like internet juice behind it. Somehow. I know. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, people aren't that good at geography, turns out. <laughs> Tell you what they are into. As we did, this is a bit of a follow on thing that I have this week, a follow on to our conversation yesterday about spooky season yes. and how we have capitalismed the bejesus mm-hmm. out of Halloween. As we do. And now it even has a color scheme. Oh, of course. It needs one. That I am starting to see everywhere in the form of erstwhile holiday lights mm. i'm just gonna call them christmas lights actually because like christmas lights were a christmas light thing yeah now you get what used to be christmas lights in halloween colors and those colors are purple and orange now halloween's traditional colors the reason for the season if you will mm-hmm. black and orange yeah is it because black doesn't make a very good light i'll admit that it's purple and orange for the lights maybe that might be yeah they're uh, Halloween, uh, black and orange, uh, according to this today, as in the TV show article that I found from just this, uh, roughly this time last year when everybody was like, what's the deal with the freaking people, purple and orange, uh, orange and black, obviously the traditional colors, because those were associated with the fall harvest, mm-hmm. purple and green have crept into the Halloween palette, possibly because of uh, witches and their green skin, green, like in the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Okay. But now uh, they have determined that, yes, for one for some reason, and maybe it's like because the witch's capes would have some purple in them or sure. it's like a royal thing. I don't know, whatever. Purple but, could be a spooky color. I, I, I get that. Yeah. But orange and purple uh-huh. are the Halloween that like definitively and unquestioningly. I'm sorry, purple and orange are the Halloween colors of the season, as evidenced by the fact that when I was driving around last night, I saw like. Eight different houses festooned in lights, like full on Christmas light decorating, you know, up on a ladder, kind of drape your whole entire house mm-hmm. in orange and purple lights. I There's a very Halloween centric, heavy house near in my neighborhood. And uh, I, I didn't think about it till you just said this purple and orange Halloween lights for sure. <sighs> Along yeah, with I mean, like it's really 12 
10 foot skeletons <laughs> not even joking <laughs> like oh yeah if if you recall this time last year that's yeah. when we identified that huge uh-huh. skeleton we don't worry we've already been on it mm-hmm. yeah purple and orange lights purple i mean it's just lights. it's like amazing how we've just basically said we're gonna take all the same stuff that we do used to do just around christmas because and even like And the reason I keep saying Christmas is because it was really only in recent years even that, like, Hanukkah lights became a thing. I mean, you would be able to have, like, I've done blue and white trees many years in a row because my son is Jewish and I, I, we have Chrismaka. And so you can definitely get – and people would do blue and white lights for, like, a kind of a more pagan, you know, just Mm winter-type tree look or move it over for Hanukkah. But that – specific decorating thing. I mean, now there are Halloween trees. It's like everybody took what they used to do for Christmas, migrated it onto Thanksgiving, grafted it onto Hanukkah, and now it's just being applied to Halloween and the colors have been set and they're purple and orange. In the inevitable tendency of humans to take things too far, which holiday is next? I know. I mean, I'm starting to wonder, is it like right. Valentine's Day trees? Could it be? Could it be? It's the thing with Halloween was the, it was a little bit of a like, uh, Christmas. So played, so mainstream. Halloween, man, it's goth. It's, you know, it's controversial. That's what made Halloween's bones. <laughs> Get it was it. Um, so yeah, what's the, what's the next holiday that has that of like, it's the cool holiday? Because Valentine's Day. It's still got a lot of backlash, but it could right. it could be brought back around with Valentine's Day, perhaps. You mm-hmm. know, that, I mean, it sort of has been. Yeah, I exactly. Think you could really that could be its way that back into celebration. Is the saving grace? Yeah. I am realizing as we discuss this that you know what you know which one apparently it's never going to be is poor Thanksgiving. No, Thanksgiving. Like, no is one just, cares. Yeah, Thanksgiving. Everyone kind of relaxes at Thanksgiving. They're like, ah, oh, would you we eat turkey? We hate each other's political beliefs and we watch football. Mm-hmm. Like we right. don't want, we don't, it's too close to Christmas. And you to maybe with, do I some think. like some pumpkins and some. You yeah. Know, but I also just did pumpkins stuff, for Thanksgiving. Like, so it's not even that special when I do them at Thanksgiving. So yeah, it's yeah. really like, th- it's tell you what it's not going to be is Thanksgiving. I mean, 4th of July has a, a, a collection of devotees, like sure. the people who like the, it, I think of 4th of July decorating. God, I'm just going to get in so much trouble here. Cause I had one fourth of a glass of wine. But I think of Fourth of July decorating as having heavy overlap with the live, laugh, love crowd. Oh, you're right. Yeah. And like it's got a the, nice – The aesthetic if you're, is similar. If you're coming from the right and you want to do the patriotism thing and you cross into live, laugh, love territory, that's mm-hmm. a recipe right there. Yeah. it's Fourth of July is really – it's the aesthetic is similar. Mm, that's a good candidate. I like it. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Get your light, get your purple and orange Halloween lights. You still have time. That's why I brought it up with plenty of time for you to shop. <laughs> Feedback and it's a thing dot me too. If you got thoughts on any of this. Uh, my other thing is uh, kids these days say there's too much sex on screen. What? So we are babies. We've talked about the fact that there's like, Sex is on the decline, you know, dating amongst younger people, maybe on the decline. Uh, there is a UCLA department that did a study of 1,510 to 24 year olds. And before you get too bent out of shape, they only asked the romance and sex questions to the 13 and uh, older. They did not ask the 10 to 13 year olds, but 13 to 24, they asked questions about like, do you like romances? Do you think uh, there's too much sex on TV? And uh, yeah, turns out 
Uh, 52% of the 13 to 24 year olds surveyed said they'd really just like to see more friendships and platonic relationships on TV and movies, please. Oh, the kids are all right. And you know that this is major because they quoted Olivia Rodrigo in this <laughs> yes, article in Variety.com. Like, if they, you want they, to cement this. They borrow quoted it. They quoted Olivia Rodrigo being quoted in the study, being quoted <laughs> by NME. On whether she had seen Euphoria. (laughs) And she was like, ugh, I don't want to. I don't have the desire to. I remember walking out of Barbie and being like, wow, it's so long since I've seen a movie that is female-centered in a way that isn't sexual or about her pain or being traumatized. It's a bad idea, right? right? Yeah, it's amazing. (laughs) I don't hear a 17-year-old black male from Georgia said, I don't like that every time a male and female character are together on screen, studios feel the need to make them fall in love. There's a complete lack of platonic relationships in American cinema. And love this one. A 23-year-old Asian female from New York spoke up on another relationship stereotype. The guy would be a jerk to the woman, but she would end up falling in love with him. These kids are all, these kids are all right. These kids get it. I think I, I've been trying to figure out. I think maybe what's going on here. Well, I, actually, I like what the founder and director of the department that did the study, uh, Yalda T. Uhls, said, while it's true that adolescents want less sex on TV and in movies, what the survey is really saying is they want more and different kinds of relationships reflected in the media. Yes. And I think I would build on that and say it feels to me like what they actually want is authenticity. There is mm-hmm. youth of any age always wants more of the media to reflect what they see. Uh, and this is, this is what they're saying is our real lives are full of lots of relationships that have nothing to do with love and sex. So please show that. Yep. And I feel like the reason there's so much love and sex on TV is because there used to be none. (laughs) There used to, you know, you go back into the twenties, the thirties, there was like longing. They cracked down and were like, don't you show that love and sex on screen? My son was just talking about this. He's in a film history class and there was a effectively like a law like there was like a federal ban and they change they would change the endings of movies there was something where you know a woman had just ended up single or run away from her marriage or something and they they like made them recut it in hollywood yeah and also i mean i think not to sound like an old lady slash gen z but there is a lot of sex out there interestingly like they're like when I think about what the music that we used to listen to, I mean, it was sexist mm-hmm. and, you know, it was sort of sex adjacent or whatever, but it's like pretty uh, explicit now. I feel like and the, it's, the tap got turned all the way open yeah. because starting in the 50s is when you're like, wait a minute, he's shaking his hips a little bit too much. That Elvis, exactly. right? and. The whole 60s revolution was about sexual liberation and it was tied into feminism of like, you're trying to keep sex off TV and and movies because you're trying to keep people from having sex uh, because you're trying to keep people down. And I think younger people don't understand how big of a deal that was because they've grown up in a world where the grownups have grown up in a world where it's always been getting more permissive. Mm -hmm. Whereas my parents grew up in a world where it was let much less permissive and loosening up and they were actually pushing against like maybe we're loosening it up too much and for the longest time it was like no we need to loosen up more and i think we, we've now loosened up all the way 
And that's yeah. why the kids are like, maybe too loose? I kids don't know. Like, it's looking like, yeah. Can we just reel it in a little bit? Like, mm-hmm. it's a little much. A little but much. I also think there's something that's just different about, you know, the way the way relationships are formed because you're free to have more kinds of relationships. And so you, you realize that there are more than I think previous generations may have. Yeah. I think there could be something to that. I like it either way. I just, I like that. That's a very evolved way of looking at things, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe it was evolved back in the day to be like, um, it would be okay to be sex positive and show sex on TV. Like it's not taboo, but the idea that they're just like, Hey, can you show more varied, authentic relationships is really <laughs> quite charming. Yeah. My grandpa who was born in like 1908 would agree with the Gen Z people. There's too much sex on TV. There is too much. I know. I like it. Also, it's exactly, it's a lovely crossover. Yeah. Situation. No, it's really, it's very interesting. Yeah. Fascinating. Um, less fascinating, but still delightful is my last thing for today. Gnocchi. Oh, good one. Yes. Tell me more. And Why also is- make me some because it's delicious. Oh, it's so good. For a while, actually, I, I like randomly, not randomly, I found a gnocchi recipe on the New York Times cooking app, of course, um, sub thing, and couldn't even find gnocchi in the store. Couldn't get it, which I assume and attribute to the fact that it, for whatever reason, is just a super duper thing now. Yeah. It's so like, in demand that it, they run out of stock. Yeah. Huh. Apparently, there's a lady in Seattle who has become famous on Instagram for making croissant-shaped gnocchi. Oh, a little mini And baguettes. all these different colors. Little mini croissant. I yeah, love it. little mini croissants. And so she makes all these like bonkers croissant-shaped gnocchi. And she was making like Ukrainian flag ravioli and all these other things. But now, no surprise, the thing that's really blown her up is gnocchi. Lifehacker, as of just a couple days ago, has a piece called Why Not Shape Your Gnocchi Into Wee Pumpkins. Oh, my God. We eat pumpkins, which do that, except for one thing, which is like, it is unmakeable. I don't know. Much like, how, ironically, oh much like macarons. Yeah. Which are incredibly hard to make. I'm sorry. I have tried. I am a good cook. And homemade gnocchi is very hard to make. They show them using bits of string on the unboiled gnocchi to make the pumpkin lines. It's so cute. I would, I would never be able to make that work. It's beyond adorable. That's amazing. And now I want to try it. I want to make wee pumpkin gnocchi. And then fill them with pumpkin. Mm-hmm. So good. Freaking delicious. And and yeah, I mean, I, I wish I could explain further than that. Like, I don't know if it's gnocchi just some is, kind of yeah. pasta backlash. It is like or, the macaron in that it's like just slowly grown and grown and grown and grown. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just for whatever reason, it's just, it's just back. It's just, it's back. And I'm here for it. I love it when you can apparently find it in the store. I'll so eat it. So good. Yeah. We get, really... we get gnocchi in the Tavala meals uh, pretty regularly. Their gnocchi is pretty good. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. All right. Yeah, I guess it's back. Um, that, as in back, as in you can buy it in addition to it being. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or they have a stockpile somewhere. Findable in stores. Yeah. yeah. So if, you, if anybody knows why gnocchi is all of a sudden a thing, please email us because – I don't know why. I just know that it's like in, it's just bubbling up like it is floating in the boiling water because it's done. Hmm. Time to eat. And then finally, speaking of bubbling up, we just want to check in because I actually initially put in the rundown today an item that, thank goodness, producer Rich realized we talked about around, we talked about last year. 
but which seems again to be sort of making a comeback and I'm not sure why. And that thing is Sigma males. And I, did we take the quiz? <laughs> I can't oh, remember if we did. did. we? I don't I remember. I feel like we did. There was like a quiz. Anyway, I, I, so this, this I think Sigma, we're right. I think we did. We did, right? Yeah. I mean, I know I took a quiz with like all my friends a couple months ago. But for some reason, now I'm seeing it pop up again, and I'm seeing it pop up in news articles and like on TikToks. And there's an, there was an article just like a month ago that was basically like, Sigma male is a relatively new label that has been applied to a particular type of man in recent years. And if you want to share your Sigma male photos, uh, here are some suitable captions. <laughs> and then it has <laughs> Sigma male quotes. I'm a man of few words and even fewer opinions. If I can't do big stuff, I can do incredibly small things. Put more of your energy into listening than talking. If you don't know what you want, you'll end up with things you don't need. The Sigma male doesn't just want to be with you. He wants to own you? Wait, what? <laughs> Yikes, what? No, gross. Ew. <laughs> Nowadays, though, apparently, the alpha male is the loser and uh -huh. the Sigma male is the winner. What happened the to the beta male? <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, obviously. I mean. Also, I love that the Sigma male is described as not liking labels. Exactly. Like Sigma male, for example. <laughs> right. They wouldn't like that. Uh, Sigma male, in case you're wondering what the hell you're talking about because you weren't here last year or you missed that episode, Sigma male, according to dictionary.com, is a slang term used in masculinist subcultures for a popular, successful, but highly independent and self-reliant man. Another term for Sigma male is lone wolf. Oh, it's just the old lone wolf again. Yeah. Sigma male has seen most of its usage by the same members of what is known as the manosphere. <laughs> now and I those remember. Who use, yeah, this is amazing. And those who use other Greek letters to form a social hierarchy known as such as alpha male, beta male, and omega male. The term has also been used to mock all of these labels to categorize <laughs> men. <laughs> as always happens. Oh my god. So yes, the Sigma male is more like Clint Eastwood's characters that he always plays. I'm a lone wolf, male. baby. Yeah. It's huge. Well, Good for them. And it just keeps happening. Just keeps happening. Uh, let's get to your things. Feedback at thing.be. Professor Art from the Philippines may be on to something. He writes, hi, Molly, Tommy, Richie. My thing spot involves a lifestyle that's been trending, and it's called the soft life. Apparently, the soft life is all about living a less stressful life, letting go of social expectations of what you should aspire to be or how much you should be earning, and instead focusing on peace of mind, relaxation, and wellness. It was originally coined by the Nigerian influencer community around 2021 as a way of telling women to live a stress-free life. From there, it made its way out to the wild and has now been appropriated for wider use. By 2022, it meant self-care and the removal of stressors for the younger generation, as well as embracing the spa lifestyle as seen on Pinterest. And now Glamour is talking about the soft girl revolution, where women prioritize relaxation and embrace femininity over the old girl boss hustle culture. 
Is this a development back to the paternalistic hegemony of the 1950s? No, because this is not imposed by the patriarchy, sorry, watched Barbie, and instead (laughs) is a lifestyle choice actively made by the women themselves. So there you go, Molly, Tommy, Richie, the soft life, and by extension, soft girl culture. Love your show as always, Professor Art. Yeah, actually, yes, there is a lot of this. And there are all these sort of women influencers who are like, here's how to be soft to attract a man and have nice things. And I don't want to hear, you know, I don't want to hear it. This is how it, yeah, this is definitely a thing. Didn't we? I feel like we talked about the soft life. Did we not? Did we talk about the soft life? Um, that one's not ringing a bell. Oh, I thought me. we did. But maybe we know. did and I just, or maybe it wasn't, maybe I wasn't here. I don't know, but love it. It's a really good one. Rich says he cannot find evidence that we talked about the soft life. So Interesting. So maybe I just watched like 55 TikToks and I was like, I want to live the soft life. Yeah, that happens sometimes where you, a trend, you see it so much that you assume we've already talked about it or it's not that interesting, you know? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And it's often a woman with fantastic hair putting on lipstick and talking about how girls should act and then being like, I don't care. I know you're going to come at me about this and I don't care. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Larry from Columbus noticed a thing. Rich Molly Tom. This falls into the category of things I knew were things, but never thought to call them things. Mm. Food halls. I'm ashamed to admit that it was a real estate article in the Wall Street Journal that made me realize my oversight. The Wall Street Journal, the most uncool source imaginable. We've got half a dozen or so food halls in Columbus, and now we're getting a mini food hall inside of grocery stores. Kroger has partnered with a California-based ghost kitchen called Kitchens United. It's actually a cool evolution of the business since ghost kitchens are more in the whatever happened to category now, and they're turning them into food halls. So it's like a food court, but smaller. But we call it a hall because it's fancier. Yeah, because it's fancier. And also, if you're putting it in a Kroger, (laughs) it's not really a... Well, it's not in the hall either, but I guess it's not a court. Food hall. Food hall. Food hall. Um, I'm into this. I, I don't know if it's a thing, but it makes sense that ghost kitchens would also evolve into food halls. And that given the rise of fast, what is it? Casual, di- fast dining, casual dining, fast whatever casual, that is. Yeah. Fast casual. Thank you. That you might as well, if you're going to have fast casual, you might as well put it all together. And then, ooh, you know what you could do is... Once you have a bunch of people coming to eat in a food hall, you could put like stores around it (laughs) and then people could walk around. Yeah. Like a mall. Here, here's, here's the question. Hall rhymes with mall. I think I invented a new thing. You could have a mall with like a food court in it. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a question. If your food hall has a sparrow, is it not a food hall? (laughs) (laughs) Then it's just a mall. (laughs) Definitely just a mall. (laughs) Yeah, because, okay, I'm thinking a million things. Um, There's H Marts and 99 Ranch that have restaurants in them. They're big grocery stores. They have restaurants in them. Uh, Is that, because when he talks about Kroger, is that Kroger just doing that, but then also riding the food hall trend? Then there's Woodland Hills Mall uh, has a food court. It still has a f- traditional, good old fashioned nineteen eighties food court, but mm-hmm. it also has a food hall that it calls Topanga Social, Ooh. where it's like you can order from any restaurant in there from any kiosk, which is really Ooh. annoying, I think, to the people when you walk up to their counter and then order from somewhere else. But you can do it, uh, and it's all what what 
these things are described as, which is local vendors, small shops, you know, providing uh, providing food in, in like little little kiosk areas, and then big open seating where everybody can sit, like a food yeah. court. Yeah. This is really interesting. I I do want to take a little bit of issue with the description of the Wall Street Journal as the most uncool source available, because. I actually think the Wall Street Journal is really good. And when they do those like A1 trend stories, Mm -hmm. they nail it. Yeah. I I don't say it too often because I just don't want to get in a fight with people about it. Uh, But if you uh, just wall off the op-ed page of the Wall Street Journal, I feel like it's one of the best news sources out there. Yeah. Yeah. I would argue. I would argue. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I would say one of the I wouldn't I was about to say the best, but it sort of depends on what you're looking for. Yeah, but exactly. I, agree. I was very close to saying the best myself and I was like, mm, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I would safely say that it is the best of the big three. If you, if it's New York Times, Washington US, Post and Wall yeah. Street Journal, like oh, the big three kind I of national papers, like far and away the best, I would even say. But throw you a day in there. Big four. <laughs> oh, not? yeah. Bless. Oh, bless. Yes. Uh, Eric needs a check on a potential teenager thing. Uh, saw a thing, and who better to ask than me and Molly? Uh, saw a thing in the news that teen driving accidents were down due in part to teens waiting longer to get their licenses. How long has this been a thing? So many of my friends' kids don't want licenses like when we were kids, in part because their parents drive them all over. Um, also, they just don't they're like more anxious i mean so so sorry to before i jump ahead into explaining why it's a thing it's a freaking thing okay like kids are waiting way longer to get their licenses it's a really they're not like when can i get my license it's like oh do i want my license it kind of feels like is that right and it might just be urban areas i mean Mm -hmm, we should probably mm -hmm, be sure clear about you know like a big part of i got my license at like 15 and a half like the very first day i could get it because you just kind of had to you know we lived in smaller towns and there wasn't public transportation but yeah like no question that at least in urban areas and it's a big topic of conversation among all the parents like we're like they're just not in a hurry i don't know i mean my kid was in a hurry but uh, compared to his friend group he was sort of an outlier interesting interesting yeah 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 100 true and i'm happy to hear that it is causing the corresponding drop in accidents yeah and it sounds like you were you you had a handle on the various factors that might contribute to that too yeah i think you're probably right like they have public they have potentially more transportation i think parents are much more involved i mean Mm -hmm. like when we were growing up the parent the same parents who were like you're not allowed inside the house were (laughs) probably also the parents who were like you got to drive yourself to school i i am certain that in the past few years it's it corresponds with the rise in remote work because parents have more flexibility to pick kids up in some cases um socioeconomically speaking it or rather where socioeconomically appropriate those mm-hmm. parents have more capacity to pick their kids up so like a whole bunch of things coming up and then just kind of more anxiety from kids like i don't know yeah it's it, really does environmental big consciousness trend. play a part i wonder where they're thinking like and that thing just is making the problem worse like it, it might not be the determinative part. factor but it could feed in there i guess yeah it's like it's kind of you know like it's on the pile Mm-hmm. And every slice, yeah, right, right, adds up. Yeah, no question. Good spot. Good spot. EJ wants you Gen Xers, or in this case, us Gen Xers, to remember their roots. 
Okay, so Gen Xers aren't the only one that got raised that way. I'm a boomer raised by parents who were in the greatest generation demographic. Where do you think Gen Xers came that? Where do you Gen Xers think that parenting style came from? You got 104 days of summer off and every morning from your parents, you got mom to kids. Get out of bed, eat breakfast and go outside. Don't come back until lunch. Kid to mom. What time is lunch? Mom to kid. When I tell you and don't be late. Mom to kid after lunch. A, I'm tired. You take a nap. <laughs> B, I'm tired. Go outside and play till dinner. C, my stories are on. Go outside and play till dinner. Kid to mom. What time is dinner? Mom to kid. When I tell you and don't be late or you don't eat till breakfast. Mom to kid after dinner. Be home before the streetlights come on. (laughs) Yes. uh, Also, Gen X, very used to being told by boomers how things are. (laughs) I know. Totally. I was like, I don't even know. Yes. I'm glad you said it. Yes, boomers. You've always had it worse. We No, know. no. You had it much worse. You're right. Definitely. You're right. Yeah. You no, had it way right. uphill both ways in the mm-hmm. snowstorm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It was. Uh, and all go. kidding aside, thank you, EJ. That was pretty Tom funny. gets that was it. Good stuff. Uh, Jose on a spooky season thing. This nightmare fuel is everywhere on lawns around here. I don't know why or why, but please make it stop. (laughs) There is nothing scarier than a gigantic, creepy baby. This thing is four feet long and wide. It's huge. Just no, no. And it's like the scary two tooth zombie inflatable baby. Okay, I have not seen this, and now I'm never sleeping again. And I'll what take your word for it, Jose. I have not seen this one in my neighborhood yet. <laughs> uh, but, I'll, but if it's everywhere on lawns around you, it's only a matter of time, I think. I'm going to be driving around looking for it. Yep. And then that Charlie dude wrote in on a potential thing. Greetings, thingers. Have you all mentioned beards? <laughs> <laughs> I think beards and beard products are a thing, if not a super thing. Seems like more men I see lately have a beard than not. Yeah. I, have we mentioned beards? I feel like in the first run of It's a Thing, like the first well, yeah, three I mean, seasons. Because they really come and go. And so yeah. it's hard to say, like, I guess they're... Wait, but I think on. overall you're right, Charlie Dude, that mm-hmm. beards have become a bigger thing and stuck around longer. Yeah, um, for sure. I don't know um, that we're at late 1800s beard level, but we're... I would guess we're at highest beard level since the 1890s. Oh, yeah. Look at this. The Telegraph. Beards have gone mainstream, making those of us with a clean chin, chin the real hipsters. I mean, sure. I guess. I guess they really are. I mean, it's funny because now that you say it, I'm trying to think of like who I see online who doesn't have a beard. I started the beard in 2010 and I felt like I was unusual right not not weird Mm -hmm. but like uncommon i was i would say uncommon um and over time more and more people were like oh oh look brian has a beard now too oh look that guy has a beard oh look so they have become more common till now i don't feel uncommon having a beard, at least not in the u.s no not at all there's actually a a piece i found in the telegraph that cites a yougov poll saying that beards are more common than not that they are actually more popular yeah uh, they're the top choice 54 percent say they currently have a beard or mustache up from 42 percent in 2016 and 37 percent and yeah in 2017 nailed it beards are everywhere i for one think it's great because shaving 
not even shaving, but like trimming once a week versus shaving every morning. Forget it. Yeah. Seems like it. Yeah. I would be stoked about that. I am stoked about it. I like a beard on a man. It's a good look. It's a good look, guys. Keep Keep it it up, up. everybody. (laughs) And why stop it, guys? (laughs) Exactly. If you can grow one, grow one. Grow one. Hell yeah. Do it. Um, Speaking of keeping it up. Keep up the support of our show. We are so grateful to all of you who support us at patreon.com slash it's a thing, especially those of you who create content with your contributions in the form of the shout outs. If you support us at the shout out level, you get shouted out in these custom crafted magical moments week after week. And this week's shout outs (laughs) are based on a CNN article about phasing out the McFlurry spoon. Oh, really? The McFlurry spoon. How does he do it? Yeah. It used to have a spoon? Yeah, but it's been phased out, Molly. Must have been a big deal. As I just found out when I read about this shout out today. It's a big deal. Uh, Yeah. McDonald's is getting rid of McFlurry spoons. Who knew? But what are you going to eat the McFlurry with? The McFlurry spoon is hollow and it's differently shaped, but McDonald's is seeking more sustainable alternatives. You're spoiling shout outs. <laughs> All right, here we go. Audrey stole Adler's spot, who sparked confusion among Jake Woods for being hollow, is being phased out as Eric Duncan says he seeks more sustainable alternatives. The clear plastic Gabrielle Cohen doubled as an AJ Venturella, with Benjamin Forrest being inserted into the Lara Abel machine to mix in the toppings into Joe Hood. Baylor Trucks said that his U.S. locations are changing how they mix Louis St. Amour treats with Brian Gianforcoro, now using a reusable Mike Akins that's swapped out and cleaned after each Lee Price is made. James C. Smith will now be served with a smaller Morris Jones that uses less plastic, which are currently handed out with Kevin Sill. If you feel slightly uncomfortable after paragraph one, you are not alone. And I apologize. <laughs> um, Rich was was in the uh, Discord in all caps typing, you'll find out. Exactly. I don't think these show notes would have helped me understand. You read ahead. It but, clearly said it was hollow I, and that they wanted more sustainable alternatives <laughs> to Audrey, Audrey stole Adler's spot. That's true. I'm not was sure he, I would have understood that, though, had I not already <laughs> looked at the... No, we're all... We're like, spoiler, spoiler alert. Oh my gosh. Those are great. Thank you, Rich. Thank you. Shout out people. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. You can become a member. As I mentioned, you get to join us uh, every week live in our discord and chat along with us and an ad free RSS feed and more at patreon.com slash it's a thing. You can also support the show by buying things through our affiliate links. Look for them in the show notes over at our shopping page. It's a thing dot me slash shop. And you can email us your things to feedback at itsathing.me. Bye-bye. See you next week. Bye. 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 Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 